If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn to Revelation chapter 2. Actually, let's begin in chapter 1 real quick, and then we'll go to chapter 2. Again, there in uh, verse number 4, Christ is speaking to John. He's talking about the uh, seven stars and the seven golden candlesticks. Those seven golden candlesticks refer to the uh, seven churches of Asia that we're going to be looking at, and the stars represent... uh, the messengers of those seven churches. Um, so we're going to begin with the church of Ephesus. Now, whenever we look at all the, these seven churches, this is a uh, an examination, cross-examination on these seven churches. So as we go through this, I would like you to examine your lives. We are commanded on the first day of the week to come together and partake of the Lord's Supper and to examine ourselves. This is not to examine the person that is to your right or to your left. This is not your spouse examining you. This is you examining you. You are the only person that can make changes in your own life. That's one thing that, if anything else, I want you to get from this lesson. So we're going to begin with the church at Ephesus. It says there in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 1, it says unto the to the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which are, say that they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And this thou hast, and thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which which I also hate. He that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This church was laboring. They had patience. They did not tolerate evil people. They examined the teachers that were there at that church. They weeded out false apostles and false doctrines. They did not quit. And they hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. But what was lacking? They left their first love. One thing that I find interesting is within some of these churches, they had a lot of really good deeds and they had very few bad. But they all had the exact same problem. They weren't in the church. They had fallen. They had fallen from grace. And I, don't, I do not like that term. It, it bugs me to no end. I, I mean, whenever I think about somebody falling, I think about them, you know, they, they just trip and they fall. One person once told me, you, you know how, what it's like to fall out of an airplane? I never once fell out of an airplane. I did that on purpose. I jumped out. You don't just fall from grace. You choose. You choose to leave God. These people left, they left their first love. 
And that first love is the love of Christ. That love that you have whenever you first become the Christian and you know that God's only begotten Son died on the cross for your sins. That love that you have for your brethren to let them know that, hey, you're not going to suffer. You don't have to suffer. He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins and you can spend eternity with Him in heaven. Have you forgotten that? Mark 12, 28-30 says, And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and preaching, that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all, the commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. I want to address the the Nicolaitans real quick because they're going to come up again. Uh... I've looked for the Nicolaitans in, in Scripture, and I've heard listened to a lot of different commentaries. I cannot find anything on the Nicolaitans. Brother Sean, before I jerk that off my head, would you snap it, please, sir? But notice that Christ said that he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 19, says these things... These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and the hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Those six things the Lord hateth. And since... The Lord hates the Nicolaitans. I'm just going to assume that they had one of those six or maybe even all six. And that was the doctrine that the Nicolaitans did. And that's the best I can give you. Myrnia. Revelations 2, and Revelations 2, 8-11. And to the angel of the church of Smyrnia write these things, saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. For none of those things which thou shalt suffer, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into, into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath, hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall, shall not be hurt of the second death. This church, out of the seven, is one of the two that did not have anything against them. I think that's pretty good. Two out of seven is not bad odds, is it? Where Christ has nothing against them. I hope this wasn't anybody's birthday card because it would have been a bad one. You're going to be cast into prison. You're going to go through tribulations. 
if you remain faithful, you will be with me in the end. You will not suffer that second death. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Do you look to Him? Do you keep your focus on Him? I don't know anybody that has made it through this life without some sort of tribulation. I don't know of any. About everybody in here has faced some sort of tribulation already. I can probably go ahead and wager my paycheck that it's not going to be your last. Stay the course. Focus on our Lord and Savior and your home in heaven. And maybe with that and the help of brothers and sisters in Christ, you might just make it. I hope that I do. Church at Pergamum. Uh, these seven churches, uh, they weren't necessarily real close together. They all lied in present-day Turkey, but uh, they each had different. They each have different problems. You know, and. I want you to realize that whenever Christ is uh, speaking to these churches, not everybody in that church had a problem. You know, there's there just a few of them. This, this church at Pergamum, not all of them worship the doctor or held to the doctor of Balaam. And not all of them held to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. But there were some, many possibly, in that church that did. To the church at Pergamum, Verse number 12, And to the angel of the church of Pergamum write these things, saith he, which hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come to thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of the, my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in the stone that new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. You can go back into uh, Numbers, I believe it starts, it starts in chapter 22 of, of uh, Balak and Balaam. Uh, Balak was uh, king of the Moabites, and he summoned Balaam. He was a, a, I think some of the scriptures call him a prophet, but he, Lord, God spoke to him. And anyway, the children of Israel were coming through, and they already have conquered uh, with Moses. They already had conquered, I don't, maybe not the Canaanites. They already had conquered, conquered one group, group, 
And Balak saw the children of Israel, and they were vast. They were everywhere. And so he calls for Balaam, and he says, you know, we're going to make sacrifices unto God, and you're going to have God, you know, cur- curse these people. Just, just curse them for me, and I'll come in there, and I'll, I'll take care of the rest. And so he tried to do that. They made sacrifices together, and God... He's, he told Balaam, you're going to say what I tell you. And, and they did this three times. And within those three times, God bless the children of Israel. He says, I will not curse my people. And so in the end, Balaam conceded with Balak. And he didn't curse them, but he told them how to, how, to, how to get God mad at them. And so what ended up happening is uh, he told them, get your women together. And we're going to send them out to the, to the men of Israel. And they committed fornication. And I think God, God put a plague on them. And I think, I think it was somewhere around like 30,000 people died. And they, they stopped the plague. There was one of, uh, one of Balak's descendants and one of the Israelite men. And one of the priests of Aaron, I think he was his grandson, took a spear and just drove it through both the man and the woman together. And that ceased God's anger, and, and the curse was over. But that, that is the, the, the doctrine of Balaam has to do with fornication and eating foods that were worshipped to idols, which are, no longer, which are no longer clean. But that was some of the problems that, that they had at, at Pergamum. Uh, we don't see people necessarily worshiping other gods in in today's society, but uh, I don't know what what do you consider worship? Maybe maybe what you spend most of your time doing. Where does the majority of 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 your money go? Maybe helping others. Uh, you know. If you're like our family, a lot of it goes to groceries to stay in alive. You know, that's surviving. But where does your time go? You spend a majority of your time following God's commandments, studying, helping those who are in need, visiting the widows and orphans in their affliction. I was just I was just curious about entertainment. Uh Think about all the beautiful things that I've seen while I've been alive. Uh, I was a teenager and I got to go see Churchill Downs, a famous racetrack in Kentucky where they run the Kentucky Derby. Beautiful manicured lawns. The buildings were, I mean, all painted up, pristine looking. Think about other things that studying these... uh, these verses in these churches, there are some of them that they had the uh, one of the seven wonders of the world. I th- was that one of the seven churches of Asia? It was a huge temple that uh, that man built to to worship a, a Greek god. Globe life. Uh, Building, arena, what do you, I don't know what you call it, stadium, $2.7 billion built that thing for entertainment. What do you worship? 
What's at the core of your life? Where do you spend your time? Is it on entertainment? I like fishing, and I probably spend more time than what I should fishing. I don't know. Being outdoors hunting. I like riding a gentle horse, rounding up cattle. It seems like being on a good cutting horse that can outrun anything on the ranches is, is pleasure to me. Where do you spend your time, your money? What do you worship? Christ sold the church at Pergamum to hold fast to his name. One of the things they were doing. They were not denying their faith. But yet, they had other things that were slipping in. Church of Thyatira will be next. Revelation chapter 2 verse number 18 he says, unto the, unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write these things, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience, and thy works, and that the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as I have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none of the burdens, none other burdens. But that which ye have, have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keep my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron and vessels of a potter. Shall they be broken with, shri with shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. They had work. They had love. Service. Faithful. And they were patient. They were putting up with a woman. <laughs> they were putting up with that Jezebel. Do you take the teachings that are here on Sunday, and I know the elders do a good job of, of choosing who speaks, and they know, they do know what's, have the oversight, but do you take what you hear from, from this stand and you just take it 
as the gospel truth or do you search it out? Whenever I start putting lessons together, I start looking at a lot of different commentaries. I start looking at a lot of different teachers to see what, uh, to get their ideas on stuff. There's a lot of that stuff that I do not agree with. They have some good points, don't get me wrong. But not everything out there is the truth. Do you search it out? We stand on the edge of a slippery slope in today's society. We really do. You look at one, one preacher and you, you look at what they teach. One false move and they start going down that slippery slope. And it just seems like all those, it just snowballs. It's just one wrong thing after another. And the next thing you know, you're following a woman that's telling you that you can have fornication and you can eat whatever you want to and worship whatever the other idols. And next thing you know that your name is no longer in the book of life, that God has blotted it out. One thing these churches have in common is that God's given them a warning. They have a chance to correct the things that are wrong in their lives. You have the chance today to examine yourself and make changes where they need to be. You know, I've I know some that believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. They don't believe that you can fall, skip, leave, whatever you want to call it, from grace. These people that we're looking at, their name was written in the book of life. If it was not, then why did God say, I will blot it out? That means that something was there. You can't erase nothing. Something is there. You were there. You are in the kingdom of God. But if you make wrong choices in your life, if you start following things that are not true and you do not repent of them, you are not in the book of life anymore. I like the church at Sardis. Revelations chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, And to the angel of the church of Sardis write these things, saith he, that hath seven spirits of God, and seven stars which know... Seven stars I know thy works. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come unto thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know the hour in which I... Which I watch... Hmm. Let me get it right here in just a second. And thou shalt know, not know, what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. These people at Sardis, they had a good name. 
But that was all they had. All they had was a, a name. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When I think of this church at Sardis, I, I, I can't help but I, I remember uh, Tra- Travis was going to an eye specialist in Lubbock. And his appointment was first thing Monday morning. So we went up there Sunday evening, we went to church in Lubbock, and there was a lady that came up to me and introduced herself, and I cannot remember her name to save my life, and I told her where I was going to church at and everything, and, oh, you go to church with Jace? I was like, yes, ma'am, Jace, we attended the same church service. For the next 20 minutes, it was nothing but Jace, 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 and like, oh, yeah, great, you know, Jace is a wonderful guy, yeah, sure. 20 minutes of Jace. I mean, I had enough. I was like, man, it's like he was right there just. Do you let your light shine? Or you kind of just stand next to somebody that's shining their light? I stand behind Brother Sean. Keep shining, Sean. You're doing a great job. That's what's going on at Sardis. They're just, they had a name. There was a few of them. There was like three people, I'm guessing, here. Don't know how many were at that church. Just throw a number out there. Three people that were working. I mean, they were working their tail off, and everybody else was just kind of hanging out with them. God tells them to repent. And if you don't, your name's blotted out. Church of Philadelphia. The second one out of the seven that doesn't have anything against them. Have hard times ahead. They have a crown of life. Revelations 3 verse 7 it says unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that, with that, that is holy. He that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them a synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee because thou hast kept the word of my, of my patient. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
the church of Philadelphia was keeping God's word. And they would not deny Christ. Are you kind of washy when it comes to being a Christian? Depending on who you're hanging out with, who's around you. I've seen a lot of people that they change their demeanor, you know, how they act whenever uh, whenever they know that they're in the presence of a, a bishop or some high Catholic priest, something like that. They just, I mean, all of a sudden they're on their P's and Q's and no, no foul language is coming out of their mouth. I've seen it the other way too. I've seen somebody that I thought was just an upright Christian and they get around, you know, one of their old high school buddies or something and next thing you know, they just their demeanor kind of changes. Do you stand for Christ all the time? Sometime, part-time, whenever it's convenient. Are you always there? The Church of Philadelphia, they never denied Christ. I pray that they stayed with him to the end. This, oh, Laodicea, oh, dear. We saved the best for last. This is great. I hope y'all are enjoying this. This is, this is like just looking at, you know, you just picture. It. I mean, being from the outside looking in, just saying, "Oh man, you got all these problems." I can, I can just imagine what this was like to, to sit there and to, to judge all these other, you know, all these other churches and see what they're doing wrong. Is like, "Oh man, you got, you need to fix that. That is bad." How these people are living their lives, this is, this is determining their, their eternity. How they live their lives as human beings on this earth, this is determining whether they're going to be in heaven or hell. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at people that were in Christ's church that were written in the Lamb's book of life and their name is being blotted out unless they repent. Unless they change their ways. Unless they correct where they've gone wrong. They're going to hell. That's what we're looking at. Before we close today, I would really, really encourage you to examine your life. Where do you need to make changes? This church is lukewarm. You look at the history of Laodicea where it laid it, it laid in in Turkey it was there, were, there was nothing really great about their where they, this church was at other than the fact that it was on a trade route where two trade routes came together this uh the town uh as far as the historians go the town was full of bankers uh, they made uh they made fine clothing there to sell and they just they were a very worldly, worldly people. The problem that this this uh, church had, not this church, the town, the town had, it didn't have very good drinking water. And so they put in this pop system. They didn't have any water. They put in this pop system to get uh, water from the neighboring town. It got it from the mountain, so it was nice, cool water, except for in the summertime, and then it wouldn't be. 
but the cool water had mineral deposits, and then the next town over, it had hot springs. That's where this lukewarm comes from. This was something that they really understood. They knew what bad water tastes like. Revelation 3, 14 says, And to the angel of the church lay out of the sea, it right, these things, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chastise. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knocketh. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my, in my throne, even as I also overcome, overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I want you to think back on uh, whenever you were going through these hard times that you have faced. How, how good was your prayer life? Two thousand six and seven, I was. Uh, no, go we'll go back further than that. In 2004 and five, I was south of Baghdad in a little fire base. We got mortared every night. A little tube, they take the shell and they set it down and they let go of it and it drops down to the tube, and hits the firing pin, shell goes off. Kind of like artillery, but a little bit more simplified. Tube set on a tripod, has windows elevation. So every night, be getting ready to go on mission, or if we wouldn't have missions, we would be getting ready to go to sleep or just be waking up. It really didn't depend. We didn't keep very good hours. Every night we'd get mortared. Sometimes they'd blow up, sometimes they wouldn't leave little craters, you'd be walking around and you'd about trip over one or something. <clears throat> I had a very good prayer life whenever that was going on. I prayed every day, sometimes two or three times a day. All I really wanted to do was to make it home with both my legs and both my arms. If you take them, eh, I don't know if I want to survive, but anyway, that's my issues, not yours. I had a very good prayer life Think about whenever you're going through hard times. Do you have a good prayer life? I bet you did. Laying on a surgical bed or laying on a bed, about to go into surgery. Don't know if you're going to make it out. You have a good prayer life? You bet you. bet your family did too and your spouse. How about whenever things were going good, whenever your bank account was looking a little bit fatter than what it usually does? 
you had everything you need, refrigerator full of food, everybody's healthy, nobody's sick. How's your prayer life then? See, it seems like whenever we have everything, we don't need anything. And when we have nothing, we need everything. We need God. We turn to Him whenever things get bad. And not so much whenever things are good. That's the problem this church had. They thought they were rich. They thought they had everything they needed. They were dirt poor. They were naked, miserable, poor, blind. They're not going to survive much longer. Seven churches of Asia. Pros are on the left, cons are on the right. Do you have changes that you need to make in your life? I highly encourage you to make them now before it's too late. Nobody knows the hour in which the Lord will return. But you have today. These churches got a chance. They got a chance to repent before it's too late. If you need to make changes in your life, I encourage you to make them. We're going to offer an invitation. As we do so, as we gather around this Lord's table, I encourage you to examine your life. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about your spouse. They can't make the changes for you. Only you can. Only you can make these changes. On that final day, I can't say, but Lord, didn't I get up there and preach in your name? I visited the widows and orphans. I hung out with Brother Sean. We hung coyotes together. I know he's in there. Let me in too. He's going to say, I never knew you depart from me, you that work iniquity. That's where these people stood. They're going to get blotted out if they didn't repent. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.